to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Today we're on the eighth uh, fruit of the spirit, which is meekness. Very important fruit, spiritual fruit, especially in a time when people are so selfish. People are selfish and stuck on themselves and they are out to get what they want. Amen. We're in a society and the reason for that is what we discussed at the last fruit of the spirit. People are growing up with deficits. They're growing up in dysfunction. When you grow up in deficits, when you grow up with dysfunction, you need attention, you need affirmation, and you need to be validated continuously. Well, a person that needs to be validated continuously can't really serve God because God is not going to continuously validate you. As a matter of fact, there's going to be times when you're not going to hear the voice of God at all. There's going to be times when God is going to seem far away from you. So if you aren't fit... And have the esteem that you need in the natural, it's going to be very hard for you to connect with a spiritual being. Does that make sense? We talked about that last week. Uh, uh, the week before last when we talked about faith. The reason why people don't have faith in the true and living God is because they grew up in a situation where they didn't have a strong father. If you don't have a strong father, it's hard for you to have faith. It's hard to have faith in a God you can't see. If you don't have faith in a father, you can see. That's his purpose for being in the home is to teach you to trust an authority. Are y'all listening to me? Mother, it doesn't work with the mother. It's not the same with the mother. The mother doesn't have the authority of the father. The mother can say stop doing that 20 times and the boy won't do it. But the base and the tonal quality of the man's voice can actually change things just because he's speaking with authority. Because God gave him the authority. You know, God let, left the man in charge. How many of you know that? Right. Amen. How many women want to raise your hand and say that's not true? Get kicked out of here. You don't want to do that in here. Adamant believers. No, I'm just kidding. But really, God left the man in charge. And because of that, the man, if he's in charge here, then, then that means that it's just symbolic of God's rule. So he's in charge of the home. He's the head of the woman as Christ is the head of the church. Can I preach in here? Y'all looking like, hey, this ain't Megafest. This is adamant believers. We teach the Bible. Amen. We're not trying to, amen. So, because the man is the head, the man is needed in the home to exemplify faith. To sh because the family is supposed to have faith in the man. 
The woman has faith in the man and her faith in the man is faith in God because it's faith in God's order. That's right. I can't get an amen on that. See, women want to skip over the man, but you got to have faith in the man that has faith in God. Or what if my husband don't have faith in God? Then you better have faith in him because he's a man. That's right. Period. If he's unsaved, you treat him like he's saved. Oh, I see. Somebody ready for that. Because if you don't, then you make that church you going to and, 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 and throwing in his face, you make him never, he, he'll never go there. Y'all seen it before too, haven't you? Seen a man staying home, sitting on the porch, 20 years. And his wife is over every organization in the church. And he wants no parts of it. That's because the order is bad. It's off. He can go home, cook for him on Sunday morning. I gotta go to church. No, you don't. See, I can't get an amen on that. They ain't ready for that, Brother Will. That's, that's just. No, you don't. No, you don't. You go t- be, be in your house and treat your man right, and then he'll want to go to church. You don't want to go to church if church is the enemy. You throwing it at him. Pastor said, you're not supposed to be doing that. What? Am I telling the truth in here? Out of order. Almost every situation I've dealt with in the last six months, where I've dealt with couples that are divorcing or couples that are having problems, the woman is very active in the church, in over some position, and the man don't go. Pastor should even put her up like that. Accessible. Meekness is not weakness. Look at somebody and say, meekness is not weakness. Weakness has nothing to do with meekness. Jesus was meek and lowly, meaning he considered himself touchable by those he ministered to. Matthew 11 and 29. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am what? Meek and lowly where? In heart. In other words, I'm physically strong because I'm a carpenter and I swing hammers for a living. So don't get it twisted. I mean, Jesus wasn't weak. But he said, he's meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He's accessible to his people. And Jesus is, I mean, he's just so interested in being accessible to the people and giving the people what they need, that even when he was about to leave, he said, y'all, let not your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. When I go, I'm going to send back my spirit, and it'll be just like I'm here. It'll be like I never left. I'm not going to ever leave you alone. He also considered those that received his message family. This is very big. This is big for G. Craig Lewis, I know. Amen. Because when they came to Jesus at one point and said, hey, Jesus, your, your family needs you. Here's what he said in, in 12 and 50. He said, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my family. My brother, my sister, and my mother. That's why I consider ABC. Y'all are my family. I got family members, but a lot of them aren't with the message. If you're not with the message, then you're not my family. Amen. Paul also considered those he ministered to his spiritual children. And this has been, mis- this has been abused for so long because the church, the pastors want to treat people as their children. Belittle them. Well, that's not what Paul did. First of all, you're not Paul. So even if Paul decided to do that, doesn't mean you can do it. Right. You didn't write the Bible. Right. <laughs> Amen. 
But that's not what Paul meant. Paul called them his children because they were birthed through the ministry, through the message. He gave the message for the first time in these places and Christians were born. So he called them his children. Also, this meant that they had access to him if they were birthed through the gospel he preached. So they would send letters to him and tell him what's going on. He would write them back because he spent most of his time in jail. So he would write them back and say, hey, you know, this is what you need to do. So they were his family. So he called them his spiritual children. That's a form of being meek. He was meek and accessible to the people. He even even rebuked them when they called him arrogant and told them that, you know, he thought more of himself than them. He said, I don't think any highly of myself and he went through his testimony and said I was a blasphemer I was the worst of the worst but God forgave me just like he'll forgive you so you know and even uh, we have accounts of Peter and I don't even know why they make Peter the first pope and Peter was the opposite of the pope hey man got a throne and an altar of Peter and a throne of Peter and Peter Cornelius he wouldn't even let Cornelius bow in front of him Pope, you got to bow, kiss the ring, and kiss the urn with his ashes in it if he dies. Drink his blood. They drink the Pope's blood in the papacy. Amen. But of course, we know the papacy is the true Antichrist. Meekness is a spiritual fruit that, must, that we must all walk in. Never, look at somebody and say never. never. Considering ourselves better than anyone but remaining humble so that we can be accessible by those that are in need of us we don't but we don't even have that kind of atmosphere in here do we amen nobody in here thinks they're better than anyone in here we all the same look at somebody and say we're all the same we are all the same galatians 6 and 1 brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault ye which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of what Meekness. meekness considering yourself Lest you also be tempted. In other words, you're just as capable of doing what they're doing. So you can't take a high position over them because they did the wrong thing. What about all the wrong things you do? That's what Paul is saying here. So you restore them in the spirit of what? Meekness. Meekness. Meaning that there's no difference between us. Can I keep preaching? Another aspect of meekness is being humble. Meekness is also strength under Control. Jesus Christ had the power to just end the world. Yet even when he made him mad, he didn't. Could you imagine those that knew him when he came in the temple and started throwing stuff? They were probably like, uh-oh, this is it. He's going to blow everything up. But it was strength under control. He knew exactly when to pull back. He knew exactly what to say. He knew exactly what he was doing because even though he had all the power in the world, He had it under control. Amen? And that's the way we are, especially men. When I talk about men being the head of the home, that doesn't mean you go in there and just always trying to tell your wife what to do and boss her around and all that. No, it's strength under control. That's what we talk about in the men's meeting. Amen? Some of the stuff you say, you can't ever take back. So you don't go in there and get mad and say dumb stuff, cuss her out and tell her, I wish I'd never met you. Why would you say that? You can't take that back ever. But you got to have strength under control because you can't take it back if you say it. Amen? And at that point, every time you have an argument or a fight, she's going to remember it. Isn't that what women do? Remember? Isn't that their calling? Isn't that the tenth fruit for the woman? Man don't have that fruit. 
women have it. It's, 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 it's spirit recall. It's recall. That's what it is. It's right after temperance. Y'all know, men, y'all know. Some of you scared to say something. And that's a shame. But y'all know, they, they got recall, Jack. So you don't want to ever say something you can't take back. So you be meek in the home. You approach her because she, the Bible said, and treat her as the weaker vessel. So you already got the upper hand physically. Some of you. Man, you knew she knew judo, judo before you better. Amen. But when you're meek, when we are meek, we never use our authority or position to show ourselves or show off, period. Even on your job and you're the boss and you've finally been elevated to a high position, you don't treat the people under you bad, especially in the church, especially when we all one sin away from being a sinner. So we shouldn't have that kind of authority. Now, the authority is in the word, and it is. So men that are pastors and different ones, they have authority, especially when you're casting out demons. That's when you really see it. When you're operating in the spirit realm, that's when you really see the authority because the authority isn't in the person as a human being. The authority is in the anointing that they carry, what God is going to do through them. Y'all understand that? Does that make sense? This is why we must remain meek so that God can shine through us with little distraction. I know some powerful brothers, powerfully anointed, but too much distraction. Can't even be used by God because the, the, too much of them gets involved with everything they say. People should see and know when it's God and when it's man. When we try to use God for personal gain or reputation, then we must appear flawless and perfect. Did you hear that? And that's when the devil gets you because you're trying to be perfect. So all he has to do is let scandal break out on you. This is no way we should live. We should show that a perfect God can work through an imperfect being to encourage everyone that sees God at work in us. That's meekness. You're not afraid to show that you are human. I'm not saying, you know, amen. Galatians 6 and 3, for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. One of the definitions of meekness that I really like that Webster's gives it is unassuming. Unassuming. One of the definitions of meekness is unassuming. This is the opposite of narcissism. Got a lot of narcissistic people here in this world on Facebook. Amen. They think they are the bomb. If you disagree, you're jealous. of narcissism. Christians, please listen, that have deep personal esteem and emotional issues will usually struggle with some form of narcissism. In other words, you taking what David said about encouraging himself, you taking it past that to another level. You talking yourself up. Romans 12 and 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think Soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Whether it's feeling they are better than others, or another form of narcissism, feeling their needs and desires are more important than God's creation roles. That's Eve. Narcissism has no place in a believer's thought process. 
It is of the enemy. Amen? So when you're not willing to even be the woman that you're supposed to be in your home, you're not willing to be the man you're supposed to be, you're narcissistic. You have your own agenda. And it's against God's plan for you. Proverbs 8 and 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way, and the fraud mouth do I hate. God said he hates pride and arrogance and the evil way, and he equates them all to evil. Even the garden felt her desires were more important than God's desire, so she took of the tree. This is what many are doing in our day. They are skipping over their God-given creation role and choosing their own personal wants and desires. This is narcissistic behavior, and it makes you unfit to serve God. We must serve him in the spirit of meekness so we can be submissive to his will and unassuming. Psalms 147 and 6 says, The Lord lifted up the meek, but he casteth the wicked down to the ground. Meaning we're taking this life and we're taking an initiative to use this life to prove our value. That's what Eve did. God had already given them everything. God had already done it. But the devil tempted her and told her there's more. So she forfeited everything that God had for her for something that God didn't have for her. Sound familiar, doesn't it? That's what people are doing now. And they get on their own personal Roads and all these roads lead to the things we talked about last week. They lead to all the psychiatric issues that they want to diagnose you with. They want you narcissistic. That's why they built Facebook. That's why they built social media. They want you narcissistic and full of yourself so that when you can't live up to the image or the, the idea of yourself, then it's going to give you physical problems. That's when you start having uh, uh, anxiety and panic attacks and depression and all these different things and that's when you need the psychiatric drugs that's what they want everyone to have that was the, that, that's the plan they want everyone they want a psychotropic society where everyone can be controlled can I tell the truth? I, I, I can't get amen and it shouldn't even be in the church we got the fruits of the spirit what do we need psychiatric drugs for? Amen. We got the spirit that will help us deal with the issue. Amen. Amen. The, the number one thing most people just need to do is let it out. Yes. Can you tell somebody? Yeah. But because they're trying to live up to an image of themselves that they think they're portraying when everybody knows something wrong with you because you're on drugs. You keep drinking. And the new thing is, especially with single ladies, you, you, you're getting high. Women, it's a weed demon. And they don't smoke it. They eat it. They make firecrackers. That's what they call them. Look, somebody's looking like, what? Yes, I know. I was like you. What's a firecracker? It's like a cracker and they put marijuana on it and eat it. And I said, well, why do you do that? They said, because it calms them down. But what it really does is it just masks the issues and it separates their psyche, their guardian from their psyche. So a demon can come in. It's a hallucinogen is what it is. So they really just open themselves up for demonic infestation. You're going to need a whole bunch. I hope you got a whole bunch of firecrackers. You got to grow your own bush now. Because now you're dealing with demons. 
They are skipping over their God-given creation role. This is narcissistic behavior. We must serve him in the spirit of meekness so we can be submissive to his will and unassuming. If we're not submissive to his will, then we're going to have emotional problems. Y'all remember that old song, Jesus is the answer? He really is the answer. But you have to apply his answer. Can't just wear him on your keychain. Can't just have his bumper sticker. WWJD. No, you have to apply his answer. And some of y'all, that means going all the way back to formula. Busting, your, busting the current life you have right now. Just busting it up and starting fresh. Because you built that life on narcissistic behavior. Trying to please others. And it was out of God's plan. So it's going to take a very drastic move because you have a drastic problem. Summary. Facebook, Twitter, and other social media outlets allow us to portray ourselves in many cases as something more than what we are. Amen? Especially when you're on there trying to date. What's your status? Searching. (laughs) Searching. Seeking. You, You done went to glamour shots. Paid a thousand dollars for makeup. And then when he meets you in person, he's like, um, may I help you, ma'am? That was me. <laughs> Cell phone. Let me take this call. <laughs> Came on like that and a dog tried to kill you. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, my bad. No. <laughs> know you went and got made up thought you were somebody else we can show pictures and details of our personal lives to spark interest in us to lure people into our personal space y'all ever go to those facebook pages and they say status religious christian but then all their music is booty music favorite song is between the sheets got the ohio players album the album cover. Y'all know what their album covers look like. Pouring honey on something. That just amazes me. They request to follow me on Twitter. So I, you know, I block my Twitter and so I go and look at them and I'm like, what in the world do you want to follow me for? Everything about your life is the devil. This folk in here got ABC stuff all over their page with crazy stuff. I be wanting to, and God said, no. Leave them alone. They crazy. (laughs) No, reality shows also display scripted. Look at somebody say scripted. Scripted. (laughs) It's people in here that's going to get up and leave. Because they believe it's true. And they don't believe it's scripted. As if there's the cameras aren't there. Do you change when cameras get in front of you? Can you be the same person you were with a camera following you? That's not even possible. The minute a camera comes, it's staged. Reality stops when the camera comes on. Even if it's just a picture, one picture, you change. (laughs) Just a picture. So you can imagine video just goes, it's going to switch everything. 
don't believe reality is rea reality shows is reality. <laughs> then they roll credits at the end. Right. <laughs> when you go to bed at night, do credits roll up your wall? At <laughs> <laughs> the end of the night, it's just, <laughs> this day has been directed by God. The devil interfered around 5 o'clock. <laughs> foolishness. Talent shows. Well, reality shows also display scripted. Play-by-play -play looks into people's lives to gain followers and audiences. What it really is is to gain influence over your own life. Talent shows and reality competitions show who's the best in man's opinion and lifts people up before others so that they can get the validation that they're seeking. All of these things are forming a narcissistic society of people that are easily led astray by their own will and desires. We use the opinions of people to make up for personal deficits. We seek fame and accolades of men instead of the will of God. We are pushing ourselves and denying the Father on a daily basis. We cannot serve God and forward ourselves. If we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we should be filled with meekness. meekness. He said you will know them by their what? Fruits. fruits. What fruits? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. We should be filled with the fruit, meekness. We should have the attitude that we are filthy rags in his sight and we are nothing. The only way we can come to him is if we deny ourselves. Meekness is living a lifestyle of self-denial. Matthew 5 and 5. Blessed are the meek because they're the ones that's going to get everything. Did you hear me? They will inherit the earth. The meek. Those that know how to deny themselves and do it God's way are those that will be blessed in this lifetime. Takes me back to the rich young ruler who had money. And when Jesus approached, when he approached Jesus and said, how can I be down with you? Jesus said, well, do, do you obey the Bible? You obey the word? He said, yeah, I've been obeying it since I was young. So Jesus knew how he was attached to his reputation and his money. So Jesus said, well, okay, you can come with me, but there's one thing you have to do. Just give, give up everything. And follow me. The Bible said he walked away sorrowfully. And then Jesus later on told his disciples, said, man, that man really blew it. Because if he had hooked up with me, not only would he have been with the Savior that could save his soul after death, but he would have inherited a hundred times what he gave up in this lifetime. Because he would have been meek. And the meek shall inherit the earth. Everyone bow your heads. Simple and plain. It's not always about the money. Sometimes the money looks good. It should never be about what we want, want to do. It should always be about what God wants for us. What's best for us and what lines up with his word. You don't have to hear God speak to you audibly in a voice and hear him every day. And when you're talking, no, all you got to do is just live by the word and live it out and walk it out. He'll speak to you. He'll guide you. He'll put you in good places. He'll put you in good positions. He'll take care of you. But you have to be meek. You have to deny yourself. You can't do what you want to do in this life. And get what God has for you. Doesn't work that way. As a matter of fact, most of the time behind that great temptation 
that's going to lift you up to the place that you've always sought. Right behind it, God is there with his hands out ready to catch you if you just take the leap of faith. Say, look, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to do this because this is going to put me in a place where I can't be meek. This is, even though I've wanted to do this all my life, and this is what I've dreamed of, if it's not what God has for me, I'm going to only inherit issues. They're going to be spiritual. They're going to be emotional, physical, sicknesses, ailments. Psychiatric issues, all these things come from us doing our own thing, our way. But if we know how to be meek and do it God's way, no matter how far along we've gone, if we can do it God's way, we can inherit all that he has for us. If this is an area of struggle for you, I want you to just stand up and I'm going to trust God with you. That meekness, lowliness in heart. Submission to God's will. It gets hard, man. Money? Come on now. The Bible said money answereth all things. Everybody wants money. Positions. Temptations. But I want to deny myself. I want to deny these things and I want to do it God's way this time. I've tried my way for many years. It's time for me to deny my way and find God's way. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.